This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. This episode of Your Itinerary is brought to you by This Week in Costa Rica. This week-long all-inclusive photography workshop will be led by me and Frederick Van Johnson, April 18th through the 25th, 2015. You'll be treated to all the photo opportunities you'd expect in this tropical paradise. You'll shoot wildlife, landscape, street photography, macro, you name it. And Frederick and I will be right alongside you with tips and advice to help you make the most of every unique opportunity. Find out more and register today at thisweekinphoto.com slash week-costa-rica. On your itinerary this week, I interview photographer Mike Cohen. I caught up with Mike in Socorro, New Mexico during the Festival of the Cranes at the Bosque del Apache National Wildlife Refuge. He was nearing the end of a six-week road trip in his Sportmobile 4x4 RV. We talk about trip planning, nature photography, and life on the road. Welcome to Your Itinerary. I'm your host, Rob Knight, and I'm here in Socorro, New Mexico with Mike Cohen. And Mike and I met at the Festival of the Cranes in Bosque del Apache, New Mexico this week, and we've been freezing our butts off and shooting cranes and shooting geese and and all sorts of different birds. But um, Mike is on a big road trip right now. And you know, if you listen to the show at all, that I'm into RVs. You know, I had Juan Pons on talking about his RV, and Mike has probably the coolest RV that I've ever seen. So, Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being on. Thanks. My pleasure. Well, first of all, tell me about your background a little bit. How'd you get into photography, and how did you end up going on the road? Okay. Well, I've always been into photography. I took a photography class in college, and I always fooled around with it. And actually, the card I gave you that has this herring gull with a starfish, that's really what got me into wildlife photography. It's not such a, I'm not so proud of the picture as I am, what it means to me. And that is a lot of photography, I think, is, you know, the memory associated with the image. But uh, ever since then, I've been chasing birds and mammals and scenery. And I probably shoot women, but. It would cause problems, so I shoot animals. <laughs> nice. So you say that image got you started. It was that the first successful wildlife image that you made, or how did that get you into it? Probably it probably was the first successful one. It was such a difficult one because the bird was flying very fast. I saw it pick up the starfish, and I had to pan with a little cheap camera. Mm-hmm. You know, it came out in focus, and I, right. it, it was the challenge of it. You know, it's like, I think I tried to play golf one time. And when, when you hit that really long yeah. ball that goes straight, it makes you want to do it some more. For and, sure. And it's kind of the same phenomena. I get it. And it's funny how that golf analogy applies to so many things like photography. Surfing is the same way. You catch one wave and you ride and you go, oh, and you realize what right. it feels like. And then right. you want to do it again for the rest of your life. Yeah, totally. Um, so you're mainly a wildlife shooter. Is that right? Yes. And uh, And that tends to take people on the road. Because you can only shoot so much of the wildlife uh, around where you live. And you live in Florida, right? And there's lots of, of wildlife to shoot there. Right. Birds primarily. Right. Is that your your main focus? Well, because I live, I shoot what's available. And during the bird months in Florida from November through June at the latest, that's when I'm out shooting. Then I switch over in Florida to, I'm a scuba diver. So I'm scuba diving, you know, the other months. I do a lot of travel photography and I'm, I'm trying to get more into landscape because of this van. It's much, uh, wildlife photography has location as the heart of it. Just like we're here in Bosque. Sure. You go to places where the wildlife is concentrated and then you have a much better opportunity to witness it and photograph it. Whereas with the van, 
I have more time. I have, I'm finding it more challenging because it requires weather. So the light has to be right. You have to be at the place that things have to be happening. So it's just as challenging as wildlife photography, but there's a longer timeline. Right. So you can't go somewhere for a week or two when you know the action is going to be happening with the animals like May and Yellowstone, for example, is a great month. Um, with landscape, it's, you know, you may have to wait around for a long time for things to be the way you want them. Sure. It, it's, you have to be in the right spot at the right time of day. And like we were talking about yesterday, you hope the weather's bad so right. that you get something interesting. Right. Sure. Um, well, you mentioned your van. You got to tell me about your RV. This, um, you mentioned sort of a camper van and I saw a picture on your website of it and I thought, oh, okay, a, a camper van. And then I see it in person and it looks like if Mad Max had a camper van. So tell me about this yeah, machine. It looks that way to me too. It, it looks like an <laughs> army uh, creation. For it, sure. It, what happened was I went with a friend to Yellowstone and we were staying outside of Yellowstone and driving in each morning and I was noticing vans and RVs and I never before then ever thought of an RV or a camper van. And even then I was only curious. I wasn't, you know, intrigued enough to follow up on it. After the trip, I'm home. I was looking up some of the ones, I guess I was intrigued enough to write some names down. I never heard of Sportsmobile, but I bumped into it doing some internet research and it was love at first sight. They're the company, I'm sure you remember, Volkswagen van that had the pop-up that only popped up on one end. Sure. It's yeah. the same company. Really? It's the same company. So they take a, like my vehicle is a Ford Econoline that every painter in the world has. And they convert it. So they convert everything. They cut the top off and replace it with a fiberglass shell that goes up about 24 25 inches and as it goes up it brings the bed up with it so the upstairs bed <laughs> so when it's time to go so you can walk around it's about seven a little better than seven feet inside oh, wow uh so you're walking around it it's that harry potter effect i think i mentioned to you is when you raise the top and you close the windows it looks big when you're inside of it sure then if it's warm outside and you want to sleep upstairs you just those that upstairs bed is on hangers it's on metal hangers you just mm -hmm. unhook it it lays back in the track where it started before you raise the top and you just climb up there it has windows all around that you can unzip with screens so when it's warm outside it's wonderful because you get great ventilation sure more like sleeping in a tent yeah it's a tent it's canvas mm -hmm. on the top mm -hmm. i've ex learned on this trip because i'm still learning my way uh with the vehicle that when it gets down into the twenties, it's better to have the top down. <laughs> Canvas is not a great insulator. Though. Right. Right. And so at the last couple of nights, um, I've been sleeping with the top down. It does have a heater. Mm -hmm. It's really well equipped. I mentioned what they did to the top. They also convert it into a four wheel drive. So it has different, everything, different springs, different shocks, different axles, all that stuff is. Wow, so they just use the bones and. They use the engine and they use the cab. And now they don't even use the cab anymore because Ford stopped making the Oconaline. Now they just make the front. And they're building a fiberglass 
they built a steel one for somebody who's going to the Arctic hmm. in one, but they're going to the one they're going to be producing is fiberglass. It'll be a lighter, better fuel economy, sure. and a little larger because the Ford body is rounded, and they'll be able to build it in a square fashion. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So it has a very sturdy. There's several companies that will do the four wheel drive conversion, including Sportsmobile. Uh, Sportsmobile has the sturdiest, but the hardest to actually shift. I think, and it's a, it's, it, it's a strong system that you have to get out and change the hubs. Oh, I see. And uh, it has two shifter knobs. There's other companies that do it. And they're probably not as, as robust, but it's know, easier to switch back easier. and forth. Yeah, sure. much easier. Even to the point of you can get a push button. Oh wow! Um, you don't have to get outside. It's got to remind you can configure it in, in a million ways. I'm Mine, sure if they're building them for you, then I'm sure you can just order it how you like. And, and they have plans, or you can design it yourself. Uh, the way mine's laid out, I have a little microwave, I have a refrigerator, I have a hot water heater, I got an outside shower. Um, Probably not using that this week. <laughs> not using that this week. Um, it's it's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the, the downstairs is about the size of a queen bed. When you make that bed out, it's large. Nice. You know, and, uh, you know, it has everything. Yeah. It's an interior battery. So, you know, you can run on, it's very well designed. It has solar power. So I'm staying here. Most nights I've been staying at a, at an RV place, just dry. I don't, I'm not plugged oh, okay. in. I don't have water. Hmm. I don't need it. Wow. That's good. That's good. Um, and you mentioned your uh, your trip now. This is basically your shakedown trip for your for your sportsmobile, right? This is a new machine. Yeah. Um, tell me about the trip. How long have you been on the road now? It's it's November nineteenth. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think it's Wednesday. I had to look at my watch. Yeah. Thank you. I left Florida on October fourth. It took me about three days to get to New Mexico, and I started with the Bloom Fiesta in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. and just had a great time at the Bloom Fiesta. Because I've made arrangements to store the van, it's going to live in Durango, Colorado. Durango is close to some amazing areas in Utah and Arizona. I thought since I'm going to be in New Mexico, I'll do New Mexico, and then in subsequent trips, I'll do Colorado and Utah, through the Four Corners nice. areas. Sure. And uh, but since I'm here, I wanted to go to White Sands, was one of my target destinations and new mexico surprised me there's so many places to see here uh so i i with the exception of four days i went to durango to uh, be with the people who i'm going to be storing the van with and enjoyed basically taking that time off from photography and traveling and i stayed at their house and you know jumped in their hot tub and went to regular restaurants and slept in a bed (laughs) but other than that i've been you know, living in the van and uh, and going from place to place. Wow. Well, I, and I know there's, you mentioned the Balloon Festival, and we're here at the Festival of the Crane. So there was obviously a couple of things that you arranged your trip around. Um, what were some of the other stops that you made, and, and how do you go about deciding what your stops are? Well, I did a lot of internet research, mm-hmm. um, looking at the map and seeing how to configure things. The, the high points were the Balloon Fiesta White Sands and Bosque. When I first got to New Mexico, I 
on my way to White Sands, I stopped in Bosque just to get a feel for it and talk to the volunteers and the visitor center. It's way too early for wildlife here, hmm. the beginning of October. Um, and then I, so my, on the way to White Sands, I stopped at a couple of places. I'm not really sure uh, their name. Uh, I went to Taos, saw the Taos Pueblo, mm-hmm. and there's a gulch there. I shot that, met some interesting people. They have a nice brewery there that I watched them teach a swing class, and that was kind of fun. Nice. Um, and then I went to, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the forest. There's a forest south of White Sands. Um, and they had, uh, the spiders were mating. So the tarantulas were out walking around and you could see them. Wow. Uh, bandolier is mm-hmm. where it was. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Los Alamos and stayed in, uh, in White Rock for a while and did some, uh, some, the same kind of old Puebloan ruins that they have there. And, uh, I, I, I've been to so many places. I went to Shiprock. I chased weather. You mentioned open for bad weather. Right. So I have in my mind a thunderstorm with lightning by this huge, immense rock that's called Shiprock. Right. Or the storm goes by and the rainbow is right next to the rock uh, or threatening weather. And I raced. The storm was in front of me. I saw some rainbows. There's a place called angel rock i stopped there but the, the it, was, it was like disappearing before my eyes and by the time i got the ship rock it was a nice clear day <laughs> <laughs> and most people are not disappointed by that but right. photographers right. are weirdos so right. yeah for sure um well when you're taking a trip like this being a predominantly a bird photographer a wildlife photographer that usually means great big lenses and and lots of big gear do you pare that down at all when you're going to be living in a van for two months or, or do you just go with it and, and, you know, I have the luxury of being by myself. Hmm. I had to consider getting home since I'm leaving the van in Durango. So what I did, I didn't pack my clothes in a suitcase. I just put all that in the van, hmm. but I packed my camera bag to go home before I left home. So I knew I'd be able to get home with it to get on a plane. That's yeah. smart. That's smart. So I, I, I left some things home, but I pretty much brought everything I thought I might. Whatever you could bring back home. Right. Yeah. So we've talked on the show before about how when you're traveling by car or by RV, sometimes you just throw stuff in you say, well, I've got a, I've got a space there. I might as well bring that. And then you end up with 50 pounds of stuff that you don't use and you don't need. So that's a really smart way to do it, to um, just put it in a rolling case. That way, at least, you know, you're not going to. Right. Um, choke yourself trying to get home. Um, how, tell me about your processing. Your um, do you download your photos every night? Do you have uh, backup hard drives? Uh, what's what's the at the end of a day of, of shooting? What do you do? Sometimes I do it the next morning because I'm usually tired at night and sure. I don't like doing it when I'm tired because I'll make a mistake uh, and format something that shouldn't be formatted yet. But I have I have one of those little next two devices that you can plug uh, your card into and it'll download to that. I've ran on ran out of space with it because that's before I edit any of the pictures. Edit meaning throw away the ones that I sure. want to throw away. Um, so last week I've stopped using that, but that's a nice handy backup because 
I think you told me you save your carts. I don't. I format them after I'm done downloading them and reuse them again because I only have so many of the high-speed ones. Sure. Uh, so I have a laptop with about 500 gig. I have a external hard drive that I think is 300 gig. I think it's 300 gig. Uh, so I will download it to that next two and then using Lightroom, which will, which will download to two locations. I'm putting the pictures into the laptop and the external hard drive at the same time. So I basically will have it in three places. Now I have it in two. Sure. When I uh, have the time, and it's amazing how you don't have time when it, you think that you're going to, I brought books, I brought movies. <laughs> I haven't read a book. I haven't watched a movie. There's no time. Sure. And at night you go to sleep early because you're up early in the morning and there's nothing to divert your attention. You're not, I have no television in the van. I listen to the radio for a while and basically I'm going to sleep really early. Right. And so anytime you're camping, I think you tend to be sort of up and down with the sun anyway. Right. Exactly. So generally I do this stuff in the morning and, um, what I'd like to do, which is probably not the recommended process, is I use Photo Mechanic and I edit the card. So if I have 1,300 images on a card, I will throw away most of them before I ever download. Mm -hmm. That saves a lot of space. Um, and I, I, I take the risk. If I had a picture that I thought I was going to win the BBC with, I would save the card. I wouldn't be editing anything. It would just be backed up and put away somewhere safe. But uh, I don't think I've been that lucky yet on this trip. <laughs> right. Well, and as far as throwing away pictures, um, you know, the ones that you don't think you're going to use, I don't think you'd really have a chance to regret it because it's not as if you'd see it ever again anyway. Right. So, yeah. Right. Unless it's a mistake where you format it or you, you put it somewhere and you know, there was a, error in the system or something like that. And I, you know, I'm shooting just, you understand this, but just in case there's somebody that doesn't, I have a very fast camera that shoots lots of frames. Mm -hmm. So the cranes, an example, for example, it's easy to shoot 1500 pictures because every time I hit the shutter button, I'm taking three or four and just one group of cranes flying from my left to my right. I might do that four or five times. Uh, four or five bursts. I may have 20 shots from that. The light might not be perfect. They might be too far. Uh, I might have to focus off. Uh, they just may, one may be in front of the other one's face mm -hmm. and make it not a pleasing picture. So that those 20 pictures might all be trash in my mind. Right. So my goal usually is to come out with, on a general trip, if I get 20 shots that I'm really happy enough with to post somewhere, to yeah. me, that's success. Sure. Yeah. I always tell people on, on uh, workshops that my goal for them, for my clients, is to have one shot out of a week that goes into your sort of lifetime portfolio. Right. Because if you can do that in eight or nine days, then then you're you're rocking. And you have more, more keepers than, than right. one, but... Right. Um, you have that one that you're like, yes, this is why I came here. Right. This is awesome. And it's hard to throw away because, you know, you haven't, you don't have Sandhill Crane pictures and you're looking at them. And, uh, but at this point in the trip, I've been at Bosque for over a week. 
I have a lot right. and, uh, <laughs> and they're all very similar. So it's, a, it's a, in that sense, it's unlike, like if you went to uh, Africa, for example, where there's so many different things to, mm. to shoot here, there's not that many different things and, the, and their behaviors are pretty consistent. The weather changes, the light changes, the location where they might be changes, sure. but there's still a crane flying off, flying in, flying by. Right. And that's pretty much it. Yep. For sure. And you mentioned uploading. Do you, um, are you uploading things to, to the internet? Are you writing a blog or do you have a, a, a portfolio gallery that you upload regularly? I have, uh, not uploaded anything yet on this trip. I've intended to, mm-hmm. but I really want to go through all the pictures and select the ones I like the best, which I haven't done yet. Sure. Uh, I think I mentioned to you, I, I have backward, I can't compulse my compulsive nature is I like to throw away the bad ones and that takes up 90% of my time instead of working <laughs> on the good ones like you do. Sure. Sure. Um, I have, a, I did my first blog on this trip and I did it cause Julie Hartley is, is one of the people that I'm storing the van with, um, set it up for me. Mm-hmm. I have friends at home that swore I would never do it and kind of, <laughs> uh, encourage me in the negative, uh, coercion. And uh, so I, I did my very first, and maybe my very last, who knows, blog on uh, on this trip. Well, I'm going to go on record as saying that you should definitely write a blog. And even if you don't do it on the road, I'm really bad about updating mine on the road. Because like you said, you get back to the room and you're tired and, and you don't feel like it. But um, people would read about two months on the road in a, in a you know, Mad Max's van. You know, that's, that's interesting. And you could add the photos to go with it and people would really eat that up. And I think it'd be fun for you. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with five questions for you. Okay. Um, what is your current photo gear setup? What's your main unit that you're using? It's, uh, with a couple of exceptions, it's all Canon. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a lot of equipment. I'm going to actually pare a little bit of it down. I've been jealous of the weight of your equipment because <laughs> I tend to shoot my favorite lens is the 600 millimeter. I sometimes put a 1.4 on it. I shot that way today. I have a one DX that's probably 12 pounds. And if you're hand holding it, which I do often, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a, or hiking with it today. For example, I went from the North pond to the South pond on foot. I'd say that's probably a little over half a mile carrying the tripod the, and that set up on my shoulder, which is fine, mm-hmm. but it's still, uh, work. And if you were going to go several miles, it would not be pleasant. Absolutely. Especially if there was vertical involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 200, 400, which I, I like Africa. I like to go to Africa and it's the perfect Africa lens. I brought it on this trip, but my go-to lens is the 600. Yeah. Just the best quality lens I've ever shot. Uh, I have a 7200. Uh, I brought the F, I have a 2.8 and I have a F4. I brought the F4 with me on this trip because it's a light little lens and, you know, it's, I've used it several times. Mm-hmm. And then I have wide lenses. I have a 16 to 35. I have a 15, 8 to 15 fisheye. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I have a 24 to 70, which is probably my next go to lens is the 24 to 70. Sure. So is that, um, how, how has your setup changed in the last year? You added or subtracted anything? 
I got the, I've never been happy with Canon's wide angle. Mm-hmm. I got the latest version of the 16 to 35, which is pretty sharp. I've always liked the Nikon's uh, wide angle uh, and even thought about getting adapters and trying to make that work. But my style is very fast. I'm a, I'm a move a lot guy. So uh, I've thought about getting a tilt shift lens. It's just, I have a feeling it'll sit in the bag because I'm, I'm moving too fast to be getting the settings correct uh, right. on that. I like to do night photography, so I needed a fast wide lens. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so I got the 16 to 35 and I think it's doing fine. Cool. Uh, what do you do on the road to make your RV feel like a home away from home? I bought a rug. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I bought a little, uh, rug to put in the middle. I have, it comes with a little table that I haven't used before this trip. Um, it's a little difficult to get out from under the sofa. There's a sofa that converts to a bed mm-hmm. and uh, it has to be in there tight so it doesn't rattle. So it's, kind of a struggle but i found another place to store it and so now it's easy to pop the table up i listen to music or talk radio all the time mm-hmm. and it has a great sound one of the things i did when i had it converted is i put a custom sound system in it so it has really nice acoustics nice and um i'm a social animal so i meet people mm-hmm. and um i enjoy that part of the trip it's the advantage of traveling by yourself my my wife is at home i talk to her you know often but when you're on your own you meet tons of people um and i've even run into several people i know because bosky is a draw sure um and uh so that's fun and and just in fact my first blog was about things I think I would have appreciated knowing before I came to Bosque. So it was basically where to stay, where to eat, places I've been to that I liked and that sort of thing. Right. Which actually that, that I used one of your recommendations and, and went to dinner uh, up the street. So this already worked for one person right, at good. least. <laughs> um, from a photography standpoint, what, what's your favorite place that you visited? Um, just focus on this trip. What's, what's your favorite spot that you've shot? I think, uh, I think Bosque itself, I mean, the, hmm. to see the, the burst in the morning. Um, there's been some beautiful sunsets, um, but it's a close first to White Sands because White Sands is just so unique. Sure. And I want to go back to White Sands at a different season when the yucca plants are are blooming. That's on my to do list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bosque is challenging. It's it, and the more challenging it is, in a way, the more fun it is. Um, it's just gotten really good the last few days. But before then, often the light is absolutely wrong. Where mm-hmm. the birds are tend to be between the sun and you. So it's difficult to get good light. There's a place near here that I had some success at called Bernardo. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention San Lorenzo Canyon. That was an interesting thing, too. There's a little slot canyon about an hour from here. Cool. Uh, that was, I went and spent the night on there because of I, there was too much contrast from the sun to shoot the canyon. So I shot it under moonlight. It was fun. That's where the picture on my blog is a selfie of myself at night. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So looking forward to your next trip, what's um, what's on your radar? What's next on your, man, I can't wait to go 
shoot here list. I go to Nevada, um, Carson Valley for a lot of reasons, but I've fallen in love with the place. That'll be my next trip. I think there's, uh, and I may go there and then since I have more time now, go do Yellowstone because May Yellowstone is fantastic. So I'm thinking May combining Carson, Carson Valley has bears. It has tons of hawks and eagles. Hmm. Um, there are other mammals there, bobcats. Um, the scenery is nice. The people are interesting. Um, it's not far from Lake Tahoe, so you can go do scenic shots at sure. Lake Tahoe. Nice. Um, about 45 minutes away. And then maybe I'll go up, do Yellowstone for uh, a while, and then head back to Durango to put the van away. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Let me know when I'll meet you there. <laughs> okay, you got a deal. <laughs> um, well, where can people find uh, find you online and see some of your work? Okay, the blog, which uh, is mmykey.com. If you just put one M, I think you get a credit restoration company. So if you need credit restoration, just put one M. <laughs> I post, I've been posting the last year or so on Flickr, which is at flickr.com photos slash forward slash photos forward slash M Y K E Y C. And, uh, my website, which is under development is M Y K E Y Mikey dot smug com. Cool. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing more about your adventures on your new blog. And, uh, thanks for joining us on your itinerary. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Um, you can find out more about me at robnightphotography.com and email me at rob at thisweekendphoto.com and go have an adventure and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekendphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography.